Welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews, coming to you from WeWork London. I'm MJ from 11FS, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Philip Keller and Harley Morlet from Tail. Thank you for joining us on Fintech Insider, guys. Thanks for having us. Cheers. You've had quite the background in banks and consulting companies. How did you come to start a fintech company? Tell us all about your origin story. I will. Um, well, I've been, so my background is I've been an investment banker for around 10 years with Morgan Stanley here in London. And and I've really enjoyed this, but at the same time, sort of as as time went on, I was always really willing to create something on my own at some point. And I think that's that's something that a lot of bankers and a lot of consultants at some point in their career come about. Um, so I I had that always in the back of my, my mind for like a number of years, but I haven't done it because I really didn't see sort of the the opportunity. And when sort of we heard about Monzo and we heard about Starling and PST2 and the APIs, that was actually an opportunity where it was pretty adamant how big it was going to be and that there was going to be room to really create something differentiated on top of, you know, what was already there or what was already evolving, frankly, Starling and Monzo. So it was around March last year that I decided to uh, to leave um, and to really think hard about it. And I have to say, you know, the job that I've been making only has enabled me to do so. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to have been there, but um, I think it was definitely worthwhile leaving. And I ran into these guys, uh, fortunately, I should say, a year ago. They had, and I'll hardly speak for himself, um, but they had significantly a more fintech uh, background than I had at the time. So my background originally is uh, healthcare advisory, okay, um, which is a, a bit different, right? Right. Very um, different, yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, with the help of these guys, I think we pretty rapidly put together um, sort of an MVP of what we wanted to do and, you know, the friction points we wanted to erase and eliminate. Um, and from there, you know, we've been taking it up to here to this point. Yeah. yeah. So um, me, and, me and the guys I work with, Charlie Brody and Jonathan Baker, um, were working on a chatbot, essentially, that would help you save... Um, and if that sounds familiar, it's because it was exactly like Save with Clio. Yeah. So we were working on it. We like we were rolling it out around the same time. We'd been working on it, I think, for about six months. And then Clio was just doing such a good job, we decided that we wouldn't pursue it. And I had been introduced to Philip a few months earlier mm-hmm. and immediately saw the opportunity of what he was working on. And we all met up and, you know, within a week or two, of deciding to not continue with Heidi, we just jumped straight in and started working on Tail. Nice. So what what is Tail? What does Tail do? So Tail, essentially, the way we want to describe it or the way we like to describe it, Tail is the first cashback platform for open banking APIs. Mm-hmm. If you're a customer, um, you simply sign into our app with uh, your banking API and you immediately have access to a variety of cashback offers. Yeah. And I should stress that these are not sort of your typical 2 to 3% cashback on every Tesco purchase offers. These are more sort of one-offs or first customer offers. So ranging up to 50%. Um, all of these are linked to your card. So all you really have to do is make sure you spend with the card you sign into tail. Um, you get a notification of how much you saved and that saving uh, or the aggregated savings during the week are then paid back to you at the end of the week. Um, the offer feed is dynamic, so depending on where you are and depending on the time of the day, um, the offers are changing. Um, and as we go down the road, we also understand better uh, what you redeem and what you actually like. So we'll make sure that, you know, we'll only show you the offers that are relevant That's at good. that point. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, there's nothing worse than just having, like, a whole list of offers of things that you would never even consider purchasing then you're not logging in you're not checking in it's just that's right yeah and that is actually one of the friction points that we saw and that we wanted to sort of take out of 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 the whole equation because as we spoke to our friends at the time you know many people were saying well 
offers are great, but you know, I have my inbox spammed and you know, half of the stuff I don't really need. So obviously PSC2 and banking data enables you to better understand your customer and to better tailor the offers. And, and that is sort of one of the friction points you want to eliminate, you know, along with the other friction points of clearly, you know, we looked at um, how's the offer process for the offers that we are providing currently structured? Yeah. Um, a lot of the times, you know, you have voucher codes, you have paper vouchers, like all of these things are obviously yeah. a thing yeah. of the past, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's not really news, but, yeah. um, we found sort of as we dug deeper and spoke to the retailers and spoke to the users that there are actually more friction points than, you know, would surface right away. So, um, you know, for example, there's a lot of voucher fraud, um, okay. which you can completely eliminate with the solution that we're having. Um, and there's literally like three or four of those that make it worthwhile for both the retailers and the users to actually use that solution. Okay. And how have you found working with challengers as a platform? I mean, the experience we've been having is is pretty great, to be honest. I mean, everyone was just... So first of all, everyone is in the spirit of really thinking about how can I create a product that serves the customer, mm-hmm. which is very different from, you know, sort of a more corporate or more larger scale background where it's about, you know, how do I make money? Yeah. And I think because that mindset is there, you know, not only are the users happy, but that's also the reason why we found it very easy to work with, uh, you know, Starling and Monzo in this case. Um, they've been very helpful, you know, in Starling's case, they've, they've been telling us, you know, we're supportive. Tell us what you need from us to make yeah. this integration happen. Um, and we'll be there for you. And, you know, over time, we've gotten to know half of their team, I think, because everyone is so involved. Uh, and Monza is the same. I mean, the people, you know, they are very helpful. Um, they're checking in regularly. We're checking in with them. And, you know, everyone's really excited to take it to the next step, if you will. Yeah, it will be interesting down the line to compare sort of partnering with a, a challenger versus partnering with one of the traditional banks. I mean, you would think it'd be like night and day. But I mean, hopefully, like a lot of the banks are kind of focusing more on the fintech scouts and kind of teaching the teams how to actually engage with with fintechs and make it kind of a bit easier for both of the organizations. Mm -hmm. So what do you think could be improved from an accessibility standpoint? Yeah, we really thought about this and I'll let Holly speak to it as well. But um, as much as we would have liked to come up with something that could be improved, I think everything for the reasons I've just outlined was very very fluid, very good, very integrated. Um, you know, everyone was very helpful. So the one thing that I think down the road as more uh, companies are going to be wanting to integrate with the banks mm-hmm. that should be generalized as, you know, the compliance process that is inherent in, you know, giving access to consumers' accounts. So for now, I mean, we have a very secure solution. We spent a lot of time, you know, really making it watertight. And I think this is something that as we go forward, if you want to speed up creating an ecosystem is something that many small companies would probably need help with in understanding what they actually need to do. Um, but people are aware again, um, Starling is aware and, you know, ones that I'm sure equally. Um, so this is something that will be resolved down the line, but given we're so early into it, um, you know, this is something that uh, was still sort of a manual process, if you will. And I mean, how, how did you approach retailers to join tail? What was that kind of journey and experience like? Yeah, that was a very interesting, interesting experience. I mean, for starters, I think the fact that we're in London is obviously very good because London is sort of the hub of fintech. So, and, you know, retailers are also consumers. So some of them know Monzo, some of them know Starling, some of them are excited about what's happening. But this is only true for a small part and this only gets you so far. I mean, at the end of the day, obviously you will need to eliminate friction points for them as well. Otherwise, there's no point in in trying out the solution, right? 
But I think what we are having and what we are offering is, is precisely that. So when I mentioned earlier, you know, we can avoid voucher fraud for you guys. We can allow you to market specifically during off times. If that is what you want, we can allow you to market to specific audiences, you know, be that, um, customers that already have customers that you not have already. Um, so all these things are, you know, very helpful for them. Um, and, you know, to the extent you can convince them that these are all things, um, that make a lot of sense for them. It's, it's getting easier and easier. And usually the last question sort of when we speak to them 10, 15 minutes, um, the last question that we're always getting is, so, you know, where's the, where's the catch? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's really hard to tell someone that there is no catch, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. there really is none as much as I would want one to be there. There's not. So I think approaching retailers, uh, works fairly well. I mean, obviously the more ingrained challenger banks get into, you know, the London ecosystem, the easier it's going to get. And then at some point, obviously we want to, expand um out of london yep. um so this is probably the one um you know the one limiting factor a little bit for now um yes. you know that you sometimes need to spend the time and you know explain to people in the first place what you know a challenger bank is and how all of this works and what it means yep. to have access to accounts but yep. other than that it's 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 going very well yeah and i mean challenger banks owe a lot to their community um, so, I mean, have you guys been leveraging the communities of Starling and Monzo? And the, the Slack communities are unbelievably responsive. You can go into these Slack communities with any sort of technical question and someone will answer it. Nice. Either someone in the community or the staff will respond and help you out. And the community response to pretty much, I think, anybody working with these APIs has been positive. Um, they're really excited that you're building something for the, the bank that they love. So they really help you out. Yeah. And I mean, with banking opening up beyond the banks, what features do you think would be good for banks to um, open up to developers? So this, uh, I think, Phil, well, Phil touched on it a little earlier when you were talking about accessibility. And, you know, they do a really good job of getting you into the API and building a prototype. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to build a product for the public, you need to be prepared for the compliance. Yeah. And there's very little resources out there. I, I think that it is still being worked out, so the banks aren't entirely sure just yet what it would be. And, I mean, their guess would be better than, than ours. Mm -hmm. So, like, any suggestions or hints along that route. Yeah. Like Phil was saying, we, we actually took an approach of, like, we'll do everything we can think of. Yeah. You know, like, anything we think of, we'll prioritize it and make sure that that'll make us an even better, more compliant company. Yeah. And if there are any other small companies out there trying to do it, we're happy to talk about, you know, from a high level, mm -hmm. the things that we... We did. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I found within like the London kind of fintech community, like the smaller guys are always more than happy to help out everyone. And it's just, yeah, it's such a nice ecosystem here. With all these new technology companies, what challenger platforms are you guys most excited about? Yeah. So if we, if we, if we stay specifically on the fintech side of things, I mean, Obviously, the, the classical ones that would come to mind are, you know, very interesting. I think they're doing a fantastic job, frankly. But there are clearly others, um, all of which, you know, at one point or another, you've already had on your show or will shortly, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. But, you know, I personally, I can only speak from a, a you know, personal standpoint, but I do think sort of Curve and Parity um, and some of these platforms that are also trying to create a platform, just not being a bank, more being a pure aggregator are very interesting because, you know, they also go in uh, different directions or tackle problems from, you know, a different angle. For example, Parity, who's trying to consolidate your debt, um, you know, and give you better loans. It's a very small idea, right? Yeah. Curve is having a few great ideas. I mean, the time travel feature is a very, very interesting one. And they have um, instant cashback as well, for example. I, I believe they're 
of the first one to offer that. It's more the classic cashback, right? Not what we do. Um, but I really, really, I really like all of these, um, you know, frankly, the, the aggregators, because I think in them, obviously also thinking about tail lies most of the opportunity for us as well, because we are not sort of, you know, for now we are obviously restricted by the APIs that are available, but I think, or I would hope that, Everyone in the community is aware that, you know, APIs are not sort of a thing that only belongs or only should be implemented in banks, but APIs should frankly be something that every company in the ecosystem should have because as you sort of start to nurture the ecosystem, it's important that, you know, there are more integrations than just a pure sort of horizontal integration with a bank, but also sort of the players that come up integrating with each other. Yep, definitely. The Financial Times guides you through complex issues. In divisive times, don't settle for black and white. When you need the full perspective, turn to FT.com. Become a subscriber today. Search for FT subscription. Critical mass. That's what turns the smallest ventures into life-changing forces. Reach critical mass by joining Temenos Open Marketplace for fintechs. Opening up access to 2,000 of the world's largest financial institutions. Don't just take our word for it. Temenos Marketplace has just won Reader's Choice Best Emerging Innovative Technology Product and Service at the 2016 Banking Technology Awards. Join Temenos now. We make the money go round. This episode of Fintech Insider is brought to you by SmartDX, a smart communication solution. The days of managing capital markets documentation using Word docs and emails are over when you use SmartDX in its innovative, collaborative negotiation environment, built by the industry for the industry. SmartDX simplifies drafting, negotiation, and execution of all capital markets documentation for all asset classes and product types while giving you transparency, control, and digital data that can be extracted at any point in the process. Learn more at www.smartcommunications.com backslash smartdx. Um, so what's been the biggest challenge in sort of moving tail forward? I'll speak from my uh, experience. I think so the challenger banks are at the forefront of fintech development and, and the curves and, you know, whatever have you. So if you're creating a solution on top of that, obviously your audience is narrowed down further, right? So in a way, you know, we wanted to do it this early because we're strong believers that, you know, down the road, this is going to be sort of the new reality. At the same time, sort of going out and, and, and marketing to a narrow peer group um, and sort of getting retailers excited about a, what is still a sort of narrow peer group, if you will, is, is certainly something that at least for now, I would say, um, slows us down a little bit. Um, I mean, we're still good, um, but I wish that everyone had already heard of, you know, Challenger Banks and Starling and Monzo would be a lot easier and a lot faster, frankly. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, what advice would you give to new fintech companies to help them keep ahead of the incumbents? So I would say this is a very good question. And sort of the way I would tackle it is clearly there's a lot of opportunity available right now. So I can only encourage everyone to give it their best shot. And I think the shot that they should be giving it is they should be looking at friction points that are too small to be served by the incumbents um, that are overlooked. So, and if you look at um, sort of the 
the ecosystem as it is right now or the banking industry, there's still a lot of those. And a lot of those are frankly too small to be tackled. And by definition, small companies are more nimble and faster than bigger ones. Otherwise, they wouldn't exist, right? The second thing of how I would tackle it is if we look at what's happening right now and if we look at the solutions that are already coming out right now, which are solutions like ours or others, you know, they're very interesting, even on the healthcare side of things, solutions coming out in terms of banking. But if you if you take these solutions and look sort of a few years down the road, what that is going to mean, then that in turn sort of increases the puzzle size a little bit. You, you can become a piece of the puzzle that is yet on top of those. So, you know, look at the friction points on the one hand, but look at what the, you know, what it's going to look like in two, three years down the road and already create a solution that is going to be valuable down the road. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it's, we see sort of like the more recent wave of um, new startups and fintechs. It's focusing on a very, very, very niche and small pain point to address. So, I mean, I definitely think that's that's the way future. Um, could you tell us about a unique experience a customer has had with Tail? Yeah, I mean, the the whole experience, because Starling has made the sign-in so easy, mm-hmm. you push one button, you approve the app, and then you're in and those offers work. Yeah. Um, I think our users are always really surprised at how easy it is to use Tail. So, like, they push one button, it's active. You go use your contactless card, you've redeemed your cash back. Yeah. And you compare that to, I think, anything else on the market. And that's, you know, like, you use a, either vouch code or you have to show or wait or something or yeah. along those lines. Yeah. I, we get a lot of response being like, wow, I couldn't believe how easy that was. Yeah. And it's been made that easy by by these banks. So. Yeah, it's really great. I mean, we looked at it and put the journey in Pulse and gave it quite a high rating. It was like, whoa, this yeah. is so easy. And now I can just go use it and get all this cash back and everything. Where would you say is a good starting point for people who are looking to build a complementary um, banking app? Do you want to talk about this? Uh, I think you had a very good response to it. Because so Harley basically said, start at the Slack communities. And that is something, when I thought about this question, yeah. I, I didn't even think about, you know, I had it more from sort of a, uh, a strategic or a sort of a tactical viewpoint. But he's absolutely, you know, he's absolutely yeah. right. Because the truth is, you really understand what people want if you if you look in the communities if you look at what people are discussing if you look at the suggestions they're making and like mm-hmm. most of or all of these suggestions are really really good yeah. you know and these are things that you know one mind just can't come up with on his own right um and you just so he's right you just need to look in there mm-hmm. and say okay what do these people really want right um and then you can take it from there and and, and that is actually a perfect starting point yeah as a as a process i'd probably say you know get straight onto the community and write about what you want to do there and you'll get a response straight away. And they're very honest communities, which is fantastic. You know, sometimes that can feel like that's harsh, but that's actually exactly what you want. So you can discuss what you're thinking of making and then you can make it. And then hopefully if you've maintained a discussion on these communities, you know, someone at Onzo or Stalin will pick up on it. Yeah. What are your kind of, what are your top communities? Uh, the Slack channels. Yeah. So the Stalin and Onzo Slack channels are the perfect place to start. And then they both have their own forums online as well. Um, and if anything, you know, that's all you would need. Yeah. Okay. What is your number one productivity tip? Very quick to me, it's, it's focus. You know, you get pulled in so many different directions. And, yeah. you know, specifically if you're a very, very small company that has to be very careful with resources, you know, you have a lot of ideas. Um, you get a lot of ideas from the outside. Um, you want to take it here because you're really excited. You want to take it there. But at the end of the day, you know, 
focus on one specific task, the task at hand, um, and only that one. And once you get it done, and that's what productivity is about, right? Getting it done, you can focus on the next one, but not mm-hmm. sort of get lost in all the great things that might happen at some point, you know? Yeah. And how do you, what's the best way to motivate the team at Tail? Yeah, so I so the way we've we've done it, I, I think it's at the end of the day really important that everyone feels invested in the product, but also invested in the value. And and you know, these are two different things but very complementary, although they sound the same. Yeah. And what that means is like in terms of the process, you know, everyone should have a say and feel that it's their product as well. And I think that that does work very well. I mean, you know, all of us are you know, have no hard time saying, well, actually what you said makes a lot more sense than what I said. So, you know, let's, let's rather do it like that. And then in terms of value, I mean, obviously it's, it's particularly again in this early stage when it's not yet de-risked, it's very important to also have sort of a tangible upside, uh, from equity that, you know, down the road may materialize value. I mean, obviously we're all aware what we got into when we started this, but, um, you know, everyone should benefit if this thing works out. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you both have come from different backgrounds. So, what's the best career advice that you both have ever received? <laughs> you go first. Um, best career advice. So, I saw this question. I was I thought about it a lot, and I think it's you know just to think about what you want to do and just go and do it, and then you, you'll get there basically. Because I've been doing this for such a long time, and I'd yeah. had some failed projects before, and mm-hmm. even coming off the back of Heidi, which didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I immediately knew that was a step forward because I was, I knew I was in the right space after doing a few projects in other spaces. And then that's, that would be my tip to just go and try and do it. I have a similar one, although it's sort of coming from a different background, but someone said that to me and it sounds incredibly simple, but it's actually pretty worthwhile. So someone said to me, you know, you make your own career and no one, no one else is making it for you. And what that actually translates into is, you know, don't sit around and wait until good things happen and until you miraculously are thrown into a position that is is awesome or works very well. If you don't sort of think ahead, know where you want to go, take the opportunity, no one else is going to do it for you. And then, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, you look back and it was all for nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> both of those are really good advice. Um, so where can people sign up for Tail? Uh, you can download the app if you're on Starling OS straight from the App Store. It's uh, just search for Tail Offers. Okay. If you're on Android or Monzo Cut user, mm-hmm. uh, just go to tail.at okay. and sign up to our waiting list. Cool. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and best of luck. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us.